Beloved, we open our Bibles to the Gospel of John this morning, chapter 18. Uh, we will come back to chapter 18 to look at something else this evening together. But this morning we're going to be looking at verses 36 uh, through 40, which close this chapter. We are going to look at a lot of verses in the Gospel of John, so please keep it open. Keep your Bibles open. Keep it marked here to uh, chapter 18, but we will be looking at a number of other things for context related to what we're focusing on today. Here now the Gospel of John, chapter 18, verses 36 through 40. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born. And for this cause I came into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews, and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one of the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? Then cried they all again, saying, Not this man, but Barabbas. Now Barabbas was a robber. May the Lord bless this, the reading, the preaching, the hearing, the believing, and the living of his holy word. Last week, beloved, we looked at 1 Corinthians 15, verse 25, and we saw that Jesus Christ would rule this world, conquering it until his reign over all the world with not anybody rebelling against him. But what is amazing is that that kingdom of him is, is like leaven. That's what Paul's encouraging us there. The resurrection's going to happen. Christ is advancing his kingdom throughout the world. It will be consummated. Don't be discouraged. Often it's happening in ways that seem to go unnoticed. It's like leaven. Sometimes Christ refers to the kingdom of heaven like leaven. It's slow, but eventually it fills and rises the whole loaf. But you don't, you don't see it at first. It's small. You don't see its effect at first until it's done. But then it's a significant effect, a transforming effect. Similarly, it's like a mustard seed, the smallest, eventually tree, bearing shade, giving birds to roost. Uh, but it's so often uh, the kingdom is slowly happening. The, the advancement of this kingdom is largely going unnoticed by the world. And they're essentially missing him and missing this kingdom until his return to consummate it on the last day. No one will miss it then. And we have this phrase, it was right under your nose. And we're looking for something. Sadly, sometimes as I shared with you, <laughs> they were right on my nose, the glasses, and I didn't even realize they were there. I couldn't find them. Uh, but, you know, you have that phrase, it was right under your nose, and yet you didn't see it. You couldn't see it. And you see, when Christ was on earth in his first coming, in his flesh, right before their faces, both related to the, the church, the religious people, and the world, most missed him entirely. Including those who should have best recognized him in the church. They completely missed him. 
In fact, they're the reason he's being crucified in our text. He's before Pontius Pilate. And he's having this conversation with Pontius Pilate. And then he goes and talks to the Jews again. Come on, let me spare him. There's no, I don't see any reason to crucify this man. And they don't recognize him as the king. Oh, there was fanfare earlier, right, in Jerusalem when he rode in on a donkey. But now they're crying, crucify him. And that's a scary thing to consider, that they didn't recognize who they were doing this to, what they were doing. The Lord of glory. Christ's present personal identity is his self-revelation as king and savior. It is often missed by most. I give you that. It's the main idea of what we're looking at in our text today and its context. Christ's present personal identity in his self-revelation as king and savior is missed by most. You might think of the Sabbath class we watched a while ago now with the Alliance of Confessing Evangelicals. Pastor Kevin DeYoung pointed out, don't be discouraged if you're serving the Lord in your church and you're not seeing all these things happening. He says it was no different than Jesus. And he said it's going to be like the same thing for you. You know, the multitudes left him. The multitudes rejected him. But Pilate knew there was something different about Jesus. Still, he missed that Jesus was the king of kings and more than just the king of the Jews. Look at verse 37 of our text. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. And then look at verse 39. Pilate saith unto him, What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And actually, I will look down to verse, uh, yeah, actually, I read 38 by mistake. Excuse me, verse 39. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. Will ye therefore that I release unto you the king of the Jews? You know, he's... He's acting and he says also, you know, I have the authority to release you. Jesus says, you only have this authority because it's been given to you. He's acting as a king in this world, but he's referring to Jesus as the king of the Jews. What I want you to see in our text is that the issue is the identity of Christ. Who is he? And the issue is not missing him for who he is. And his kingdom and salvation and eternal life that are in him alone. Right in our midst. Revealing himself. Revealing salvation in himself. Revealing his rule over all the world. Inaugurated, consummated before us, coming soon. Don't miss him. You miss him, you miss everything. But what we want to see and be warned about in the text is everybody was missing him. Everybody was missing who he was. Face to face. Luke 17, verses 20 to 21. And when he was demanded of the Pharisees, when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither shall they say, Lo here, or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. He's not talking about in their hearts. They rejected him in their hearts as king. The kingdom of God was within their midst. 
He's saying the kingdom of God is right here in front of you because he is its king. He is the king come from heaven, the incarnate now, uh, God, man, in their presence. The kingdom of God is in your midst and you're missing it because you're missing me. You're asking when it will come. It has come. I am here. But they missed him and so they missed his kingdom. Pilate's question in verse 38, what is truth? Well, that's profound because Jesus is in his presence and he's asking, what is truth? Look back to chapter 14 with me. We'll come back. Chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus is the truth. John 1, 1 of the gospel, he is the logos, the wisdom in the Greek. And Pilate's missing it. What is truth? He's missing the truth right in front of his face. And the Jews didn't recognize him as the messianic king of their scripture. They should have recognized all the prophecies. Remember Peter in Acts chapter 2 is proving Jesus is the Messiah. You've all seen him risen from the dead. Psalm 16, David, knowing he's a prophet, speaking of the resurrection of Christ, is saying you will not let your Holy One see corruption. Therefore, he is clearly the one of Psalm 16. He's the one to sit on David's throne. They should have known. And yet in verse 40, they traded Jesus over for a rebel. That Greek word for robber could be treated, uh, translated as insurrectionist. If you look and study the background of Barabbas, uh, you know, it makes sense. And so instead of taking the, the king to reign over them, they, they take a rebellious insurrectionist. Let's free him instead. And they crucified the very Passover lamb of who their scriptures had prophesied. And this is what is really striking. Look at verse 39. But ye have a custom that I should release unto you one at the Passover. It's Pascal. In the Greek, it's related to the Passover lamb. Moses, remember, have this Passover meal remembering the lamb, the blood would be painted, the lamb slaughtered, the blood painted on both sides of the doorpost and on the top, prophesying, pointing to what? Pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ. So that death would pass over. And it's Passover time. Of all times, they should recognize Jesus in their midst for who he is. When did he have the Lord's Supper, beloved? When did he have that last? It, it was the last Passover. He transformed it into the Lord's Supper right before he's going to be crucified. It's the Passover. Look at chapter 19, verses 14 to 15. And it was the preparation of the Passover. And about the sixth hour, he saith unto the Jews, Behold your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. Look at that. They rejected the king of kings. He's not our king. He's not the king of the Jews. Pilate made sure that's what it said above his head in three languages. They tried to get him to change it. He's not our king. They reject him as their king. Crucify him. Kill him at the Passover. And what they don't recognize in God's providence 
the Paschal lamb is being slaughtered before them to take away the sins of his people who don't miss him. They're slaughtering the true Paschal lamb at the moment, his blood being the propitiation of the sins of his people. It's the Passover, and yet they don't recognize what 1 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says later. Jesus Christ is our Passover. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. But they didn't see that looking at him as they said, crucify him. But as he was, Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. How did they miss this? How did they miss him? Because his kingdom is not of this world. Look at verse 36 of chapter 18. Jesus answered, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from hence. Well, look with me back to chapter 6, 15. We'll come back. Chapter 6, 15. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. See, when he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey, they wanted to make him a king by force. They wanted to make him just an earthly king. And of course, if he wasn't crucified, he wouldn't be their saving eternal king because they had to be saved from their sins by him to be in his heavenly kingdom. Notice they don't get it again. They're missing who he is. He's the king of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He's the king of the universe. You don't make him king. He is king. And he announces the inauguration and he will bring it back and consummate it. But he is the king. And you see they're missing this. It's not of this world. So the world largely doesn't even notice at his birth, yes, the heavens opened, and multitudes of the heavenly host, that is, the powerful angels, glorified him before the world. But who saw it? Who heard it? Not many. It was a silent night for most, indeed, which is a silent night of death. If they don't hear of Christ, if they don't know of Jesus. Come from God to save people from their sins. As the Lamb of God who would sacrifice himself on the cross... Those who are not of this world will not recognize him. And beloved, as there is then, there certainly is now a danger that much of the church would actually be of the world, in the world, but not of Christ's kingdom. And there's that danger. Christ speaks about the church as a mix of the wheat and the tares, the sheep and the goats. And there's a danger that you and I could be of the world and not recognize him because he's not from this world. He created the world. He's, redeeming the, he's going to redeem the world and give it to his people, but he's not of this fallen world that uh, we know the scripture says Satan is the king of. Satan's the god of this world. He's taking it back from him. But at this time, it has to start with the cross before the crown. And they don't see it because they're, as much as they pretend they're of the church, they're, as you see and remember all that happened and all that they said and all that they do, they're of the world. And so they miss him. Only those who are of truth hear his voice. That's what he says in chapter 18, verse 37. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. But let's, let's go back through John and see how this is a theme here. So that we hear him. 
and we don't miss him. John 3, verse 11. If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? This kingdom is not of this world. He's speaking of heavenly things. That's why most of the world misses it. Chapter 8, verse 47. Chapter 8, verse 47. He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because you are not of God. If you don't hear the words of God, though they're spoken in our ears, they don't reach our hearts because we're not of God. We have to be born from above. We have to hear God's voice. How scary it can be that so many are right there hearing his voice. In this case, seeing him speaking while they hear his voice. But they don't see or hear him for who he is. And of course, remembering, fulfilling the prophecies. That having ears they won't hear, eyes they won't see. Look at chapter 10, verse 16. And other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring, and they shall hear my voice, and there shall be one fold and one shepherd. The need to hear the voice. Look ahead uh, to verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. Look ahead to verse 38. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Look at the works that I've done before you. How can you miss who I am? These are all the prophecies of your scriptures that what the Messiah would do. I'll move ahead to chapter 16 with me, verse 28. Sixteen twenty-eight. I came forth from the Father... And am come into the world, again I leave the world and go to the Father. Incarnate Christ is the eternal Son of God who took on humanity. And he's speaking things to us from the Father. He's bringing us a self-revelation of the triune God in himself, the incarnate God revealed face to face. But because they're not of the world, they don't see him for who he is. They don't hear him for how he speaks. Only those who recognize the scriptures fulfilled in him will. Let's go back to our chapter 18 and look at verse 24. John 18 verse 24. Excuse me, that should be verse 34, I believe. Then Pilate entered into, excuse me, uh, Jesus answered him saying, Sayest thou things of thyself, or did others tell it thee of me? Um, I'm sorry, I'm missing the verse I'm intending to look at here. Uh, let me give it another try. Thank you for your patience. Perhaps it is 24. I'm in the wrong place. No. Oh, excuse me. I think we're into chapter 19 is where it should be. Yeah, I'm sorry. Look ahead with me to uh, chapter 19, verse 24. My apologies. They said, therefore, among themselves, let us not rend it, but cast lots for it. 
whose it shall be, that the scripture might be fulfilled, which saith, they parted my raiment among them, and for my vesture they did cast lots. These things, therefore, the soldiers did. So that's 19, verse 34. Uh, excuse me, verse 24. Now that is what uh, we know as we just sang about in Psalm 22. That is a prophecy. As John says, this is a prophecy fulfilled in Christ. John, uh, Psalm 22, verse 18, that they would cast lots. And that's happening. And John's recognizing this is fulfilling scripture of the Messiah, but they're not missing. They should be seeing this and saying, wait a minute, that's Christ. Only those who God gives the ability to hear his voice recognize what he's done. Uh, look at verse 33. But when they came, and this is chapter 19 again, when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. Now look at verse 36. For these things were done that the scripture should be fulfilled. A bone of him shall not be broken. Now this is fulfilling Psalm 34 verse 20. It's also fulfilling uh, Psalm 22 verse 17 that we say. His bones wouldn't be broken. The Lord allowed for him to suffocate and die. They would normally have broken the legs on the Passover. How crazy is this? Oh, we don't want to violate the Passover and the Sabbath day, so let's break his legs so he dies quickly. You know, this is the thing. They're missing everything they're doing to Jesus, missing everything about Jesus, trying to be outwardly religious and missing Jesus Christ in the true religion. So they don't know what they're doing, but they should recognize even they're asking to have his bones broken. And then the fact that they don't need to be broken because he's already dead is a prophecy of him. They're missing it all right before their eyes. And then look at verse 37. And again, another scripture saith, they shall look on him whom they have pierced. Now, of course, Psalm 22, also we sang, spoke about they will pierce my hands and feet. But in particular, Zechariah 12, verse 10. They will look on him whom they have pierced. They're looking on him whom they have pierced, and they're not recognizing he's the one that was prophesied of. They will look on him whom they have pierced. How frightening. They missed him, though he was with them. And let's take a look at that. They missed him, though he was with them. John chapter 4. We'll go back to chapter 4, verse 22. John 4, 22. Ye worship, ye know not what. What ye know, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But they're not recognizing he's the king of the Jews. They, they worship what they don't know. They don't know he is the king of the Jews. Now, of course, he's speaking to the woman at the well, the half-breed Samaritan, Samaritan so to speak. Uh, but uh, he's recognizing there's this idea of you worship what you don't know. You don't know the true God. It's the same thing in Acts, you know, at the Mars Hill, this, this unknown God. Let me tell you about the true God. But they don't know what they're doing. Therefore, they don't know what they're doing related to Christ. Look ahead to chapter 8 with me, the Gospel of John, beginning with verse 34. He was with them, but they didn't know him. John 8 Beginning with verse 34. Jesus answered them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Whosoever committeth sin is the servant of sin. Now he's speaking you know, to the religious leaders who are supposed to know who he is. 
And the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth ever. If the son therefore shall make you free, ye shall be free indeed. I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me, because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and you do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. For I proceed forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech, even because you cannot hear my word? Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. Which of you convicteth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Ye therefore hear them not, because ye are not of God. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hast a devil? Jesus answered, I have not a devil, but I honor my father, and ye do dishonor me. And I seek not mine own glory. There is one that seeketh and judgeth. Verily, verily, I say unto you, if a man keep my saying, he shall never see death. Then said the Jews unto him, Now we know that thou hast a devil. Abraham is dead, and the prophets. And thou sayest, If a man keep my saying, he shall never taste of death. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Whom makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father that honoreth me, of whom ye say that he is your God. Ye have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him and keep his saying. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Before Abraham was, I am. But what was their response? Then took they up stones to cast at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple, going through the midst of them, and so passed by. He's telling them the truth. I'm from heaven. I'm the Father. You don't hear or believe in me. You have to have that from the Father. And their response is, well, let me think about this. Maybe we need to reconsider and repent. No, let's kill him. Look ahead to chapter 10, John 10, verse 22. 
John 10, 22. And it was at Jerusalem, the feast of the dedication, and it was winter. And Jesus walked in the temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Now remember, we've studied in the catechisms recently. That's the term for Messiah, the anointed one, the, the one sent by God to be the mediator between God and man. If you are him, tell us. Verse 25, Jesus answered them, I told you, and you believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. Again, look, look at my works. But ye believe not, because you are not of my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they will follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my Father. For which of those works do you stone me? The Jews answered, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. And because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law, I said, ye are gods? If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came, and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the Father hath sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemest, because I said, I am the Son of God? If I do not the works of my Father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know, and believe that the Father is in me, and I in him. Therefore they sought again to take him, but he escaped out of their hand, and went away again beyond Jordan into the place where John at first baptized, and there he abode. And many resorted unto him and said, John did no miracle, but all things that John spake of this man were true, and many believed on him there. So thankfully you see many see the works and say, John, as the last Old Testament prophet he said this would happen in Christ, and this is what happening is happening in Christ. Many believe, but so many of these religious leaders do not believe. They do not hear his voice. They will not see him. They will look right at his works and deny who he is. As these things fulfill the prophecies, yet they deny him. How frightening. Matthew 27, verse 25, the Jews said, let his blood be upon us. A parallel gospel to, to, to uh, speaking to um, Pilate, let his blood be upon us. How scary is that? They're crying out, crucify him, let his blood be upon us. But the problem is, it would only be for their judgment of guilt, not for their salvation, because they did not respond to John one twenty nine, where John says, Behold, the Lamb of God that taketh away the sins of the world. He said, Look over there, that's Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the Lamb of God prophesied. He's the suffering servant of Isaiah 53. Behold. But they wouldn't see that. All they would say is, Crucify him. So let his blood be upon us. When that's exactly what they need, but they need it savingly, trusting and believing in him, not judging and killing him. Beloved, are you of this world? 
or are you of his kingdom in this world, but not of it? Are you hearing him throughout the week? Are you giving yourself to hear him in his holy word, in prayer, in personal, private, and family worship? Are you hearing him today, especially as he preaches through the earthen vessel? He is the one speaking in his word at the moment. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7, Hebrews 12, verse 25 and following. It's the Lord Jesus Christ speaking right now. He is the one leading the singing in the congregation. As you know, Psalm 22, verse 22, speaks of the Lord Jesus Christ leading as the ascended Lord on his throne. Now, after the first two parts of Psalm 22, Hebrews 2, verse 12, tells us that. He's the one serving you the supper. That is, he is the one serving himself. Are you of the world or of Christ's kingdom? Will you crucify him or will you bow before him and worship him? Will you pierce his hands and feet or will you eat his body and blood? By the way, John chapter 6, why did the multitudes leave him? He said, well, you're only following me for all the free food. But then he said, you have to eat my body and drink my blood and almost everybody left. Do not miss him preaching in his word. Do not miss him serving himself in the sacraments. And in a moment, the Lord's Supper that you'll partake of. Don't just go through the motions and go out there and want to live your own way of life. Recognize Christ in the midst in your presence as you partake and go out there and live his way of life. Don't miss him in prophecy fulfilled and in providence being carried out. How often are you and I in danger of complaining and murmuring and not recognizing Christ's hand in it all? And the fact that he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's there in the midst of it. What does he say to the elders in Matthew 18? As you will get together and work through difficult things, working through church discipline and reconciliation, as you do it, there am I in the midst of you. Don't miss him. Don't miss his midst in his providence in your life and in this church. May the following not be said of you in relation to him and his coming into the world. Come right back to the beginning of the Gospel of John. I want to read verse 5 for you. May verse 5 not be said of you, but I'd like to begin with the beginning of the Gospel of John leading into it. John 1, I want to get to verse 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men beloved. May verse 5 not be said of you. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. 
That's what we see at the end of the gospel. You see it all through the gospel. They say, oh, no, no, it's not because of your works that we're having trouble with you. Yes, it is all through the gospel. They see him heal, and they want to kill him for it. They're always trying to come up with a way to kill him. Yeah, it is. Oh, that you'd not be in darkness and comprehend him not. He is God Almighty who made you, who has come to redeem his people. Don't miss him in your midst. May verses 10 and 11 not be said of you this morning. He, Jesus, was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. And we might say, let's go to Matthew's gospel, chapters 5 through 7, and the Sermon on the Mount. And let's recognize many people saying they're Christians receive him not because they do not receive his commands and they do not want to obey him. And the great commission at the end of the gospel of Matthew is to teach them to obey everything I've commanded. And clearly there are many who are in the visible church who may not know his voice or recognize him for who he is as king and savior because they don't want to hear him. They don't want his light. They want the darkness of this world. They're not like Moses who forsake the riches of the world for the coming of the kingdom of Christ. Rather, they forsake Christ for the riches of this world. And they get Matthew 6, 33 backwards. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. But they show by their behavior, as is said by Paul, they deny their profession with their practice often just refusing to obey him. They refuse to recognize his authority to say these things because of who he is as he was prophesied. Look at John chapter 5, verse 39. Search the scriptures. Now notice who he's speaking to again. The, the unbelieving religious people who should have known who he was from the scriptures. Search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Search the scriptures. You think you have your eternal life in the scriptures. They're pointing you. You have no life in the scriptures unless you turn to Jesus Christ, whom they're speaking of. Because you can't keep the scriptures. They condemn you. They're right there. He's right there in their midst. The scriptures speak of me. Search them. They speak of salvation. They speak of me. He is the Savior. He is Jesus. His name is Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And these people in their midst, in his midst, reject him, refuse him, won't hear him, won't see him in their very midst. He says the same thing, Luke 24, 44. Thankfully, there it is to believers, the walk to Emmaus. He says, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms all speak of me. So, beloved, as you read the Bible, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, don't miss Jesus. 
I really appreciate my Old Testament professor, Hebrew professor, uh, Dr. C.J. Williams, in his book on uh, the typology of Job pointing to Jesus Christ, which is a tremendous book. And it's one of the books I'm going to share a little bit for you to close our series on Wednesday nights in a while I'm mentioning to encourage you. But he points to this scripture and to John and says, if Jesus says that all the scriptures speak of him, then we need to be looking for Jesus in all the scriptures. That's how we interpret the scriptures. We see the topology. We see the prefiguration. We interpret everything as it's about Jesus, ultimately, pointing to Jesus. Don't miss him. Don't miss him in the scriptures. Don't miss thinking of and praying to Jesus as you open the Bible. Don't miss Jesus so that you do open the Bible and miss him in your busy life and neglect him in providence in life. Don't neglect him and, and miss him there because you won't open the word to hear his voice and in prayer. Beloved, instead of those verses in John 1 that we pray are not said about you, let instead verses 12 through 14 be said about you as Jesus preaches and leads in the worship and offers the supper of himself in the congregation great this morning on his, the Lord's day, the Christian Sabbath, the day he raised himself from the dead. May this rather be said of you in response to him in your midst. As Revelation says, he's walking in your midst, in the midst of the candlestick, often bringing judgments to hear and change and repent. May this be your response to him, verses 12 to 14 of John 1. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. May those words resonate on your heart as you heard them and cause you to rejoice in his presence, looking forward to his return in the flesh, raising your flesh and enjoying fellowship with him at the great supper of the Lamb for eternity. May you respond to Jesus in your midst like Peter in John chapter 6. Look at John chapter 6. Hearing Jesus preach you, preach all this to you this morning. May you respond to him like John chapter 6 verses 68 to 69. And this is when so many did leave him because they didn't like what he said. He says, you want to leave too? To his few disciples that remain. Beloved, let me say this to you. To his few disciples that remained, what, 12? One of them we know would betray him. But So he looks out to you. Maybe about the same, a little more. Do you want to leave also? May this be your response. Verses 68 and 69. Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the son of the living God. 
In Matthew 16, 13, Jesus says, Who do men say that I am? Oh, well, some say you might be Elijah. Some say maybe John the Baptist. Okay, but who do you say that I am? And that's the question for you, beloved. There's a sermon for you in Sermon Audio earlier. Who do you say Jesus is to you? Because ultimately, he is who he is. But who are you to him? That is, who do you say that he is? Do you recognize who he says he is and for yourself? He asks the questions, who do you say that I am? And it matters that you get it right is the point. May your response be like Peter there also. Jesus says it was given to him by the Father. Matthew 16, 16. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Will you partake of Christ our Passover this morning? In the Lord's Supper? Will you partake and miss him? Will you pass by, pass over who he is and what he's saying and the meaning of it, and thus not have death pass over you? Will you partake of Christ, your Passover, as your saving, resurrected, ascended king, and proclaim to the world his death until he come for yourself? As you partake of the Lord's Supper, may you sense his presence and hear his voice. This is my body given for you. This is my blood shed for you. Remember me. Hear me. You know, in worship, it is obvious that some completely miss him. We can think of what Paul says in Corinthians and elsewhere. You can have the same sermon, the same worship service, and you can see that some completely miss him in it. You can see that some completely don't hear him and don't see him, while others do. And thus they miss out on his kingdom. Dearly beloved body of Christ, don't be like the church at the time of Christ's first coming. Don't miss Jesus in your midst. And that is the message for you this morning. Not only here for worship, but as you go out and live for him this week. Hear him. See him. Believe on him. Rejoice in him. Hope in him who is not only the way and the truth and the life, but the resurrection. As you celebrate it, as you do today, the Lord's Day, the Christian Sabbath, 52 weeks of the year until his return at the resurrection on the last great day. Don't miss Jesus in your midst. If it was so easy for them, whether it's the Jews, whether it's Pontius Pilate, if it was so easy for them to miss him in their midst, just as it was so easy for so many of the church in the Old Testament to miss him in the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of cloud by day and the rock giving them drink in the desert and giving them his food. If it was so easy for them to miss him in that amazing manifestation in the tabernacle, how much are you and I in danger of missing him now? Don't miss him.
in your midst. And be encouraged, beloved. He is the king. He is advancing his kingdom. He shall return on his white horse. Don't miss that. He reigns now. And he is reigning. And he shall rule. Don't miss Jesus in your midst. Let us pray. Oh, Lord Jesus, we do acknowledge and recognize how easy it would be for us to not hear what you just said to us in your word by your spirit. Speaking from your throne, soon to come and shake not only earth, but heaven. Indeed, let us have approached you as a consuming fire with fear and awe. Let us hear the Father's word to us. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Hear him. Let us see you in our midst in your providential working out of all things for our good. For we who love you are the called according to your purpose. Let us hear and see you as you would prompt us in the spirit to hear the voice of Christ. As we would come to you in prayer and as we would open your word and let us see you there everywhere and rejoice. Let us not miss you, but let us seek and find. Let us knock and have the door opened. Let us have you as our rest and our life and our resurrection and our salvation and our truth. Oh, Lord Jesus, forgive us how often we turn a deaf ear to you. We turn a blind eye to you. Let us not be the fulfillment of the prophecy of Isaiah that have ears but not hear and eyes but not see. Rather, Lord, let us understand your parables about you and your kingdom. Let us recognize you as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. If the demons recognize you at your first coming, let us recognize you and savingly so and anticipate your second coming, always watching for your return on the cloud with lightning and the sound of a trumpets and thunder on your white horse with the host of angels coming with you, raising everyone from the dead by your voice. Oh, Lord, let us be looking for you. And if we don't miss you now, we will not miss you then. Praise the Lord. We say in the spirit, come, Lord Jesus, come.